Hello everyone, welcome to the Psychology of Dating podcast. My name is Nadine Newkirk and I'm a clinical psychologist and dating coach. In today's podcast episode, we're going to be talking about common mistakes people can make on the dating apps. This is a big one because <laughs> in this dating world, we're often on the apps swiping and it can lead to a lot of frustrations. It can lead to sometimes hope and doing hours of swiping and getting lots of matches or sometimes just completely going off the apps and saying, I'm never going to use them again. They don't work at all. And what we want to do is steer away from this all or nothing use of the apps and make it a consistent thing that you can chip away at and can help you in meeting someone and connecting with other people. So I'm going to go through six key unhelpful things that people might encounter when they're using the apps. So the first one being we want to be picky, but not too picky when we're swiping. So a common mistake is that people will go into lots of analysis of the profiles of people before they've even met them and connected them. We want to remember that when you're swiping on the apps, you have basically no information of this person. You, If it's somewhere, for example, on Hinge, there might be some key deal breaker things that you can look at. For example, if you want kids or you don't want to date someone who smokes, you can see that on the profile if they put it on there. That's okay if it's a really core deal breaker for you. If you see um, that marked on there, then to avoid that. But what can happen is people can then also look at people's pictures and analyze. This means that because they're you know, standing in front of a golf course, it means that they're, uh, you know, maybe you don't like that sport and you think that means they're a boring person and they're never going to do any fun adrenaline activities and maybe you love that. And we go into this whole big story about what it means about the person, their personality, how they're going to show up in dating, what it's going to look like when you're dating them. <laughs> and our mind is so powerful and clever. It can come up with these really imaginative <clears throat> kind of backstories for a person. You know, it's almost like we're script writers and we can write this whole movie scene. We've played it right till the end. We know exactly what's going to happen. But the thing is, our minds are not fortune tellers and we do not know these people, that we just have a few photos, a few bits of words, and we're really making assumptions. We're drawing the dots between things and coming, jumping to conclusions. And that's a big trap in dating because we're over-filtering too early. We're being too picky and not letting people through the gaps. It's kind of like you're going out for dinner. Maybe you're traveling and you're in a new location and you just walk past all the shop windows of the restaurants and think, nope, 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 I don't want this, I don't want that tie, I don't want that pizza because, you know, I don't know, I don't like the lighting in that place, I don't like... Um, you know, the person who's standing outside on that place. I think, you know, the food, I've never seen that food before. I don't want to try that. And have you ever been surprised when you've gone to a restaurant somewhere where maybe it looks really fancy and then you've been really disappointed about the food? Or maybe you've kind of had no expectations, you've been really hungry, walked in the first place and been really pleasantly surprised and amazed about how delicious the food was and you want to go back. So it's the same with 
people, and it's the same with dating, that we just don't know and we want to actually do our filtering and make choices about the person we're dating after we've met them, after we've actually had a human-to-human connection. So this is more after you've had an in-person date or a video date that you've actually been able to talk to them rather than just seeing a few photos and making up these stories in our heads. So what do you actually, how do you base your swiping? So first criteria, if you have a really big core deal breaker. So I said before, for example, if you want kids or maybe if you know you want to live in a certain country and, you know, for some reason this person says they're just traveling for a week in your city or maybe, you know, you've got your filter really wide and they actually live, uh, you know, in a completely different state that's really far away and you just know that's not feasible for your lifestyle, then it's okay to have that as a deal breaker and you swipe no. But otherwise, you just want to look, am I attracted enough? So it doesn't need to be 10 out of 10, smoking hot all the time, because we know that as you get to know someone, an emotional connection, that attraction can grow. Um, But it's okay if there's some people that you're just 100% not attracted to. That's okay. We're humans and we have different attraction levels. Um, So you're attracted enough. Also making sure that you're not overthinking um, the hobbies or things that they put on their profile because we know actually that if people have flexible mindset and things like that, that it, it can work out if you have different interests. And actually sometimes, you know, they can be really beautiful relationships. So we don't want to rule that out. We want to get to know the person first. Okay, so that's number one common mistake, being too picky with the swiping. So open your filter, let more people in and actually do the judging, do the assessment after you've had an in-person or video date connection. The second common mistake is not following through with actually asking someone on a date after you've connected with them on the apps. So maybe you have a whole bunch of people in your messages and you've either you haven't replied or started a conversation they haven't or maybe you've done one message or so and it's petered out or maybe you've messaged with someone but you're messaging for a very long time it's dragging on you know a week two three four and we're not actually going on dates and so a common mistake here is waiting for the other person to ask on a date um someone you know there's sometimes there's some thoughts behind this of well, if they don't put the effort in, I don't want to date them anyway. I shouldn't have to ask people on the dates. Maybe there's some unacknowledged kind of fear, anxiety about asking someone on a date, fear of rejection. Um, you know, it can be nerve wracking to put yourself out there. Or, you know, maybe you really do want to go on dates, but you haven't been on a date in a while and it feels a little bit stressful. But What we're doing is we're having wasted energy if we're just staying on the apps and we're not actually getting to that in-person connection. So what we want to do is not drag the messaging out. So it's okay if you're messaging and you've just had a few back and forth exchanges and, you know, maybe it's got some meaty questions in there, some paragraphs, or you've been messaging for a week ask them on a date. And you don't need to overcomplicate this. It can be something as simple as saying, hey, I've really enjoyed chatting. Do you want to meet for X? And you can ask someone for an in-person or a video date, which can be really helpful if they live far away, if you're limited for time, or if you just want to get to know someone 
um, a little bit less high investment before in person. So you can do a much quicker video date than in person, just generally because of the time traveling there. And then once you've met them, if you're in person, generally it ends up being at least an hour, where if you're a video date, you can also do much shorter. So second common mistake is not following through and asking someone on a date. So we want to don't be afraid to ask, be the person to ask every person in your messages to go on a date. If you've got a whole lot there, you might want to stagger it and actually do it, you know, as you're having flowing conversation with someone. Um, But what we don't want to do is just sit on messages and wait for the other person. Okay, third common mistake is not really putting much effort into the messaging. Kind of hoping, we're kind of putting all the other person's court, hoping that They'll come up with all the interesting messages. We're like, oh, I can't believe someone said again, hey, how's your weekend? Can't believe someone's talking about pineapple and pizza again. And we're saying that this everyone's boring and conversations go nowhere and it's all flat. What we want to do is actually cultivate what you want in the dating experience. So if you want someone who gives a decent message, you know, has several sentences at least, who talks about something a bit more um, unique or elaborates a bit more or asks open-ended questions, follows through with things that the other person has said. Be that person yourself. It doesn't guarantee that every person will reply in the same way, but it does set you up with the best possible chances that someone else, if they're in that position, will reply that way. And if someone doesn't reply at all, that's okay. That's just the nature of the apps. Sometimes people will still reply with a short answer. Again, that's just normal. It's nothing to do with you. But you will maximize your chances that someone else will send an interesting reply back. Um, If you want to know more of that, I recommend looking at my episode, Boring versus Interesting Messages. That was episode 21. Okay, fourth common mistake. Not diversifying how to meet people. So apps are great. I do highly recommend using them in this day and age. But we don't need to then just solely put 100% only everything in this one basket. It's still really important to be putting yourself out there in places where you meet people also in person. So this could be saying yes to a social event, you know, maybe a party or um, a gathering that maybe you were going to say no to, but this gives you an opportunity to meet new people. Maybe you join a new hobby, a sport group or pottery or something you're interested in hiking. Maybe you go to a speed dating event or maybe you just even practice speaking to new people, even if it doesn't lead to a date, but practice making a conversation when you're in the supermarket with the checkout person. (laughs) Practice starting conversation with someone in a cafe or going to places just generally where there's some more people around, like cafes, parks, um, dog parks, if you have a dog. It doesn't matter where you are. We just want to practice that art of um, putting ourselves out there, helping with that fear of rejection, that it's okay if some people don't follow through with a conversation back, but we're just practicing that and getting used to that experience, and some people will, and you can then practice having a flowing conversation. And you never know where a door leads. Sometimes people can meet in the oddest of places. (laughs) Um, You know, it's our mind 
does this fortune telling and says, well, there's no point, I'm not going to meet anyone anyway. But that's not true. And maybe in this cir- circumstance on this day it wasn't your forever person, but maybe you managed to get a few dates and then you can practice some new skills. Or maybe you just have a five-minute conversation and, you know, again, practice some conversation skills. Or maybe you make a friend. So we don't want to rule out the option of trying to meet people in person as well as the apps. We want to do a spread across both. Okay, number five, common mistakes on the apps. Inconsistency. (laughs) So this can be inconsistency in actually using the apps and swiping. So it can be quite common where people maybe in a moment of heartbreak, you've just had something end with someone and then you have this swiping frenzy where you're kind of low mood and you're just bored at home and you do swipe for two hours and suddenly you've got all these matches and then you don't follow through with any of them. Um, Or maybe you have a date that was uncomfortable or you know, they ended it or you ended it and you're like, oh, it never works. And then suddenly you go off the apps altogether and maybe you go off it for a week or a month or six months and you stop it and then you restart. So it's this stop-start kind of process, but you're really not giving yourself that consistency. If you think about learning an instrument, if you think about playing a sport, if you think about, you know, in school learning maths or any kind of subject It's about that chipping away day by day. And sometimes you don't really notice the changes, but when you look back after a few weeks, a few months, you start to see, ah, the progress, the things you've gained. And even if it's an uncomfortable or hurtful experience in dating, we want to use it as a way to learn to build new skills, to meet new people, to maximize the chances of building connections. I recommend going back to an episode I've done on how to define success in dating, episode 15. And this can reframe that success isn't just when you've met that long-term person if you're looking for a long-term relationship or what type of dating you're looking for, just having the outcome. It's also looking, the cliche thing of it's also the journey and success is these little stepping stones along the way and we want to kind of reframe what these stepping stones are. So what we want to try when we're on the apps is actually to be consistent, to think about, okay, how can I weave being on the apps into my day-to-day? So how can I chip away at a little bit, whether it's each day or maybe every second day, depending on your schedule? Um, Is there a certain time of day or night that works better for you? Is there a certain time limit that works better for you? And everyone will have like a little bit of a different dose, but what your main thing is you want to be consistent and make sure that you're chipping away slowly. And that's also consistency as well on messaging. Again, we don't want to just wait for someone else to be consistent. You know, if you've had a good conversation and then suddenly they drop off and you don't hear from them for a week, it does stunt the conversation and it makes it harder to ask on a date. And we want to also be that person on the other side who is consistent. So not leaving messages unread for too long, not, you know, getting so many matches that you feel burnt out and you can't reply to people, just having enough amount of people that it's filtering through that you can manage and reply to them. And if conversations don't go somewhere or someone's ghosted or not replied at all, then maybe after a couple of weeks or so, then you delete them. So you don't have these messages that haven't really gone anywhere and, you know, they're on your app for several months or maybe even a year or so. You want to kind of remove those so you can just look at the fresh people. 
Okay, the final common mistake people make on the apps. This is unhelpful thinking styles. So I recently did an episode on this. It was episode 30. And unhelpful thinking styles, this is kind of common traps that our brain does. It tries to oversimplify the world to make it easier and quicker and faster for us to navigate. But it can also lead to automatic biases and judgments and kind of put us put situations in a box when they really shouldn't be. So for example, commonly I can hear from people, no one's replying or all the messages are boring or the apps aren't working. These are very, for example, this is unhelpful thinking style, black and white thinking um, or overgeneralization. So saying no one is replying. When I go back and do a bit of an audit of the messages and actually there have been one or two people who have replied that week, but maybe it hasn't turned into a date yet. And so the mind's straight away going, well, it doesn't work. <laughs> Nothing's working. Um, common thought that people can have is um, there's no one out there or, you know, there's no point. It's a waste of time being on the apps. And again, we want to look at the framing of what would be a waste of time look like and what would a fruitful amount of time look like? If we think about a waste of time, that's where maybe we're putting a lot of effort into something which it's not really effort in the right place. So that might be where we're going on the apps and connecting with people, so matching with them, but then we're not actually following through with conversations or asking them on a date. So that might be where we start to get more burnt out. Where a fruitful way could be Sending interesting messages to people, being consistent, being on the apps. Some people won't reply, yes, and that can be frustrating. That's okay, but some people will. And we want to not just over-filter and only look at the people who didn't reply and say, see, it's terrible on the apps. You also want to look at, is there someone who replied? Is there a conversation that's going? Because usually when people make these broad statements – when I go back and do an audit, there is actually things that are working, but the mind is kind of discounting those, disqualifying the positives. So really go back and just notice, is there any unhelpful thinking styles coming up for me? In the episode 30, I go through a list of what these all are, and this is a really big one that can hold people back when they're using the apps. Okay, everyone, I hope that was helpful to go through some common app mistakes. And I hope you have a lovely day or night wherever you are and I'll speak with you next time.